All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz period. And this week we are on a more normal edition as we had signing day. We had the interview. We had all this different stuff come up. But now we're able to talk some football and actually get into it. Uh, it's game week. The Sooners are heading or already in Orlando, I should say, to take on the Florida State Seminoles. And uh, guys, it's an interesting case because. Uh, I know a ton of you on the Instagram have asked for a score prediction. You've asked how I think the game will go, and I haven't answered the question. And the reason why is because I saved it for the pod. Got to get those listens, you know. And then um, I just don't have a – okay. I'll just straight up say it. I don't really have a good feeling about this game for Oklahoma. But at the same time, you never know. Where do things have happened? It's college football. Um but it's hard for me to really get a gauge on this and have a, a real sense of confidence for Oklahoma. Now, again, they very well could win the football game. I think there is a formula for them to do it, and I'll get, in that, and I'll get into that when I give my keys to the game. But as today, as of today, as I record this on Tuesday afternoon at 2.56 p.m. in Norman, Oklahoma, I have questions. And here's the thing about Florida State. Florida State is not the Florida State that they've been the past three, four years. They're a way better football team this year. They have a potential to be a top 10 team next year. Um, and they're returning everybody. Well, I think they are. I don't. I think Jared Verse, uh, their dominant defensive end, is going to the draft. But uh, Jordan, Travis will be, Jordan Travis will be back next season, uh, the star quarterback for the Seminoles. And, you know, guys, let's just put it like this. There's a lot of attrition on Oklahoma's side, and Florida State has is at full strength. So, and I'm sure, like, I don't want to – well, actually, I think I might. I do want to provide the little reward material for this game. But, like, looking at all this different stuff over the last week, there's not a single person out there that has confidence Oklahoma can win this game. Now, I, again, I think there's a way that they can do it. I don't know if it gets done. and. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and get into why. So Florida State comes into this game 9-3. and three. They're coming in off of a five-game win streak, and they've scored 38. They've scored 38 points or more over time in that win streak. So this team ain't no joke. They're, they're not just a walk in the park. And Jordan Travis is a really good quarterback. I mean, I was talking to somebody about him yesterday, and I really think this, is, this has potential. If this defense... Now, here's the deal. I mean, you're coming off of you haven't played a game in the month, so you've had a lot of time to prepare, watch film, practice, do all that good stuff. But Jordan Travis, this is literally set up for him to have a perfect game because, as we know, Oklahoma is not very good against mobile quarterbacks. That's not, that's not a secret. They haven't been very good against mobile quarterbacks for years now. And Jordan Travis, I don't know how many of you watched that game against Florida, but you saw the plays he made in that game. Like, they stand out for themselves. And early on in the season, I wasn't hiring Jordan Travis. I, I didn't really think of the, him that much. But as the season's gone on, he's gotten way better. Through 22 touchdowns and only four interceptions on the year. And he's uh, ranked seventh in the in, – or ranked seventh in ESPN's QBR. So one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He will be next year because he is coming back. So probably going to end up being one of the top guys in the draft next year. And this is a defense in Oklahoma that's given up 35 points or more six times this year. Florida State's offense is not much different 
than a lot of teams you've played. Florida State's offense, they've got a lot of weapons. I mean, we talked about Jordan Travis. Uh, Johnny Wilson, who's their, their big wideout, who's going to be exceptional. Uh, uh, Travis Benson, their running back, who's ran for nearly 1,000 yards. I mean, the setup on paper doesn't look good for Oklahoma. Now, as far as what happens on the field, it's a little interesting, but I think for OU, like I said, there's a lot of attrition. You don't have your running back who's ran for 1,300 yards on the year. You're missing a defensive lineman. You're missing a couple D linemen as of guys that went to the portal, but you're missing Jalen Redmond. You're missing, um, you know, a receiver in Theo Weiss. So you're going to have a lot of youth on the field. I mean, Jordan, well, Jordan Kelly's not young, but he's going to play a lot. He's going to get a lot of snaps. Um, you know, you should see a lot of Kelvin Gilliam, who should be healthy. You're going to see a lot of our Mason Thomas. You're going to see a lot of uh, youth on the D-line, on the offensive side. You, you know, you guys have been clamoring to see a lot more Jaden Gibson. You're going to get that. I want to see more of LV Bunkley Shelton. You're going to get that. Uh, Nick Anderson will actually get a chance to show what he's got because he's healthy now. So uh, he's going to, I think, based off the depth chart, he's backing up Jalil Farouk. So he'll get a chance to get some run. Marvin Mims will be will obviously be playing. Uh, he'll obviously be the number one guy in that game with Theo Weiss gone. So, you know, I mean, you get into the running back thing. I thought it was interesting. I know you guys have been like clamoring or some of you on the Instagram have been clamoring at me because I never talk about Gavin Sawchuk. Listen, there's no reason why I don't. I mean, I don't, I love Gavin Sawchuk's game. He reminds me of Rodney Anderson, but I don't, I just haven't said much because I haven't heard much. And, you know, looking at the depth chart for this game, uh, he's not even on it. That's not saying he's not playing, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be in the rotation a lot. The, the running back, uh, rotation looks like it'll be Javante Barnes, Marcus Major, and Tawee Walker. So we're going to have to wait a little bit for the Gavin Sawchuk party, which, you know, hey, you, you're going to get him next year. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of young guys in this game. I mean, we talked about on the offensive line, uh, Jake Taylor is going to be starting. Jake Sexton's going to be starting with Anton Harrison out, uh, or not out, but not playing in the game. Um, or Sexton will start. I don't know about Taylor. But uh, Andrew Rame, I guess, is returning. I know he had surgery, uh, not recently, but not too long ago. Uh, but it, but it, it looks like he will be suiting up for this game, and he'll be starting at center, which is an ideal scenario because Robert Conkle, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these are two offenses that are – they're two big play offenses. Um, they're two offenses that they want to score points. They want to get the ball down the field. And they're two good, really good running offenses. Now, where that screws you up at Oklahoma is – you have a really bad run defense. You had you had the worst in the conference in the Big 12. And you're going against a Florida State team that has a running back, as I mentioned, in Trey Benson, who's ran for 965 yards, and then uh, Treshawn Ward, who's ran for 540 yards. So two really solid running backs in the Florida State backfield. If Mike Norvell and Mike Norvell, this is his first, first bowl game as the Seminoles head coach, so for Mike Norvell, if he's playing his cards right, it's as simple as run the freaking ball all game because you're going to kill him. And, you know, that's where you get screwed up when you're Oklahoma. Now, the bright side of it for your offense is Javante Barnes has shown a lot. He's flashed a lot this year. He's got potential to have a really big game this week. Um, you know, and I think that's where they win. I mean, they get they could make their money on the run because Florida State's run defense also isn't too good. They're not as bad as Oklahoma, but they're not very good either at stopping the run. So you've got a shot to get some points on the ground. 
And that's where Eric Gray not playing kind of hurts you because I think Eric Gray could have a big game. But this is another game where just like Oklahoma State, and it actually happened, but just like Oklahoma State where I said your defense has to win the game. I think your offense is going to have a chance to handle up. Dylan Gabriel playing, all that, you'll be fine. Defensively, you have got to, and that's actually key number one. And three keys. Key number one, stop the run. That's going to be pivotal. I've already talked about the running back statistically, so I need to get into that. But it's going to be pivotal for guys in that front seven to have a big day. Guys like Danny Stutzman. And Danny Stutzman, I think, you know, I know we keep hearing a lot. He's bound to have a good game, a big game. I mean, it's his homecoming. He's been talking a lot about getting to go back home to, to the Orlando area where he's from. So, you know, maybe a little bit of home cooking comes his way and he goes off. Uh, Jaron Kanick, Jake McCoy, I think should be getting some run. He is backing up David Aguebu. So, and I, I think it's been that way all year. I don't really, I can't remember because I know he was on the depth chart. He was in the two deep week one. So I think that's been an all season thing, but I, it just kind of stood out to me today. Um, you know, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I mean, defensive, defensively, you're going to have a big, have a big day, uh, linebackers, defensive line going to have to have a game. And I mean, Jeffrey Johnson, uh, up front, uh, you know, I mentioned Kelvin Gilliam. I mentioned our Mason Thomas, Jordan Kelly and Jordan Kelly. Shh, I think he can come back next year. I, I, I believe that is right. I'm, I can't remember. I know I talked about this a few weeks ago. And it has slipped my mind already. But I believe Jordan Kelly has an opportunity to return. And if Jordan Kelly does indeed decide to return, if he can, I think he could have a big year next year. Because to me, I mean, definitely for sure in the last few weeks, he's flashed a lot. So he can go out there and he can have a day on Thursday. Um, But offensively for Oklahoma, the formula, I mean, I haven't read in too much on Florida State's defense. but. I also did not mention, I forgot to mention, uh, Wanya Morris out as well. So uh, Jake Taylor would be getting the start at that other tackle spot. But anyway, um, again, I haven't read in too much on Florida State's defense, but they've gotten better as the season's gone on. I talked about Jared, Jared Verse earlier, who is the 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 leader of that defense uh, pretty much. And they've given up about 20 points a game, which – I believe is around top 15 in the country or something like that. So they don't have a really bad defense and uh, their defensive line is they've got potential to cause some problems because there's going to be so much youth on the offensive line. We talked about it with the two tackles. Your two tackles are going to be young guys and they're very good players. I mean, I don't want to don't, don't get me wrong on that, but still that that matters. And even like for Oklahoma, you know, this is going to kind of get back into my point. Uh, defensively for OU. Florida State's coming in this game. Like I said, everybody's playing. They're they're healthy up front. They've already got a prolific rushing attack. So they're going to have an opportunity to take advantage of that. They're take they're going to take advantage of who you've got out because your run game's not going to be as effective. Your ability to stop the run hasn't been effective all year. So why would it change now? Now again, more time to prepare. And I know that Brent was saying it earlier like literally after the Tech game, that they had already kind of started preparing for opponents that they had heard that they would play, and Florida State was a team that was out there. So, you know, maybe maybe they've maybe they've been preparing for this for longer than we think. 
But uh, key number two, I mean, I already covered it, run the ball. Um, I, I've covered that plenty of times already. So no, I'm not even really going to get deep into the woods on that. But, yeah, I mean, Mark, uh, Mark, well, yeah, Marcus Major too. But Javante Barnes, both of those guys are going to have to have a big night. Because I think for the passing attack, I don't know how effective it'll be with, you know, you don't, you don't, I mean, your protection is not going to be that good. You're, you're, you're down, you're two, you're down your best offensive lineman and you're down your second one. So you're already a little screwed up there. Devontae Barnes is not as effective in the passing game as Eric Gray is. So I don't know how much you're going to be able to utilize that. Uh, Braden Willis playing is a big deal because I don't know how much that Kate Helms would offer at the moment. Now, I mean, I think he's going to be really good in the future, but right now at the moment, I don't know how much he would offer. So, you know, pretty simple on that. But key number three, and this is going to be, I feel like this is going to be the hardest one because I guess like the way I've talked, the walls are crashing down on the OU defense if they haven't fell off, if they haven't crashed already. But um, key number three is keeping that offense off the field keeping Florida State's offense off the field, specifically Jordan Travis. And, again, we know OU's not that good at that. Uh, but it was the – I mean, it was the thing you saw last year. Like, you got to remember, you know, you, the first key, the first game I think about, the first game that comes to mind when I talk about that is the Kansas game. And remember, Oklahoma only had the ball, like, I think it was once or twice the entire first half. And teams were doing – exceptional at keeping the ball out of OU's hands because they knew this defense ain't good. So we, I mean, we can literally just, we can chew clock. We can run it down their throats. We can do whatever we got to do to keep Caleb Williams off the field. And it worked. So for Oklahoma now, the role, the, the roles reverse. Now you don't really have a threat like Caleb Williams on offense where you're like, yeah, we need to keep that guy off the field. You have a chance if you're Florida state to go out here and, Demolish OU's offense if you if you if you can make it happen. So you can take advantage of that, but at the same time, for OU, that has to be your number one goal because the more you keep this offense off the field for Florida State, the better shots you have at winning. Like here's what I'll tell you. You know, again, I've said in the beginning, I think Florida State wins the game. And if if I was a betting man, I would fly to Vegas now and I would put money on it. But at the same time, the formula for OU to win is, is all the keys I just named. The problem with that is they've barely done it in the season. I mean, Oklahoma State game, they played lights out on defense. That was the best defensive performance they had all year. Um, you know, they, they, they ran the ball well that game. Passing attack kind of suffered. Uh, Texas Tech game, best game of Dylan Gabriel's career. I mean, he's coming off the best game of his career in Tech. And then, um, you know, what's another game that I can think about? Yeah, I got nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like a game where they stopped the run effectively. I, I mean, I would, I wouldn't include Oklahoma State in that because Oklahoma State threw the ball like ninety times, and Casey Dunn was passing the ball until Spencer Sanders' arm fell off. So, not really, not really getting into that. But yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot. And it's a lot of wishful thinking. But if you had to ask me to give you a score prediction, because this is bowl season and things happen, and I do get a feeling just like from hearing stuff about practices, and um, and I do actually want to get into a small little tidbit on practice later. But 
Um, just from hearing stuff about practices in the last few weeks, the energy is a lot different. Maybe they do come out swinging and Oklahoma just comes out and plays the, the best game they've played all year. Because here's the other thing. You get into these situations where we've been talk, we've been arguing about this topic for the last, I don't know how many years on if do bowl games matter or not. If you're Oklahoma, you're not used to being in the Cheez-It Bowl. You should never even have to say the words Cheez-It Bowl if you play at OU. It's not supposed to happen. But that's the way the ball rolls this year. And so oftentimes, and I wish I could ask Brent this, keeping your players motivated, keeping the morale high when it's, okay, well, this season is just given a complete disaster. The fan base is crashing in on us like, it just hasn't gone the way we expected. We expect it to be, you know, a top 15 team this year going to a New Year's Six Bowl, maybe, or going, maybe going back to the Alamo Bowl, uh, more of a realistic type, going to, you know, a bowl game that has some credibility. But the Cheez It Bowl, like you, you almost feel embarrassed to play in that. I'm not saying you should, but I think you do as a player at Oklahoma. You know, this ain't what you're supposed to be, this is not what you came here for. But it's the way the cards fell. So how do you keep yourself motivated through that? Well, Brent being Brent, I doubt he's letting them just sit sit down and mope around and say, all right, guys, cheese it bowl. I mean, you know, this team's way better than us. We're just going to go out here and we're going to take it lying down. Or do you come out throwing Mike Tyson punches and you make it a game? I have a feeling that's going to be the case. Um, I mean, because it reminds me of something that Nick Saban said a few years ago, that like bowl games are a reward. You were lucky to even make it to a bowl game, first of all. So you live to fight another day because your season very well could have ended in November, but it didn't. You get a chance to play football again. What you're doing in this game is you get a shot to build momentum for next year. Because a lot of these guys are returning next year. Um, You know, I've already talked about Marvin Mims. I know. There's a lot of new stuff coming out about him possibly going. I still think he's coming back. Uh, you know, I haven't talked to Marvin about it, but again, I, I have a feeling he's going to be returning next year. Dylan Gabriel, I think that's obvious he's coming back. I don't know why he would leave, and I've already talked about that, so I'm not going to get into that anymore. But you're building momentum for next year. You're giving your young guys confidence. Like I said, the Nick Andersons, who hasn't really played a snap yet this year, you get an opportunity to get let him catch a couple passes. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Kip Lewis maybe gets a chance to go out there and get a few tackles. Uh, you know, Kobe McKenzie, uh, Jaden Rowe gets a few snaps. Robert Spears Jennings, who flashed a little bit this year, he gets a chance to play more. You build some momentum going into next year for these young guys. And that's going to help a ton because you're not losing too much. You're not losing what you lost last year because this year you saw a ton of new faces, but you're not having that next year. And you're reloading a little bit, obviously. So, it's a momentum builder, and I don't know. It, it, where do things happen? But if you had to ask me to give a score pred- prediction, I think Florida State wins it by a touchdown. I think it's a close game. I think it could be a dog fight. It'll be a fun game, I'm sure. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, if I gave an exact score, maybe I'd go somewhere like give me like a 38-31. Or something like that, because you know these are two really good offenses, and um, yeah, I guess I just have a little more confidence in Florida State to get it done again because nobody on their side is 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 not playing this game. I mean, they've got everybody, everybody healthy, everybody, nobody's going to the draft. Like, well, people are, but 
nobody's opting out or anything like that. So I don't know. Interesting situation. But um, just real quick, like on the on the Dylan Gabriel topic, uh, I have spoken to people this week that have said he is coming back. Um, they expect him to come back, I should say. I really don't think that, like, again, I don't know where he would go. I don't think he would enter the portal because it really wouldn't make sense. Um, you know, I don't think he would go to the draft because, I mean, this year's draft at quarterback isn't, like, exceptional. But I don't know where he would end up. Like I think I said on an episode earlier this year, I think, or actually a few weeks ago, I think I said on an episode that he will be, that he would he would get picked up by a team. I mean, I'm pretty sure he would be like a day three pick, but he's not an NFL quarterback quite yet. He's still got a little bit of ways to go. Now, you know, this season, I mean, best football he's played in his career was at Oklahoma. And, you know, maybe that tech game was like a little bit of, okay, I can, I, I can do this. Like, I can, I can go out here and sling it all over the yard and do this and that. And he's prone for a big year. But I think for Dylan, like, the formula is this. You come back next year, you're the face of the team. You know, you're the quarterback at Oklahoma. You are, you have privileges in this state as the quarterback at Oklahoma. Now, obviously, you have to be good, and I think he is. And I know, I, I know, people on Twitter were going at it about something I said on my story that I thought that Dylan would be the. Um, I don't even remember what it was. I just know there were people that were a little bit upset because I said that he would be the starter next year. And if you listen to our interview with Jackson Arnold, you get the feeling that Jackson Arnold knows that too, because he, t- he said it, Dylan's proven he's going to take a chance to learn from him and see what he can. Yeah, he's just going to be a sponge and see what he can learn from Dylan. And like, I really don't think that Jackson's going to come in and just take over like that. Now, if he does, Hey, you know, you got your guy, but like if Dylan Gabriel left, you, there's nobody in the portal that just jumps out at me and says he can come to Oklahoma and win games. Like Sam Hartman, I like Sam Hartman as a person, um, and he's a good quarterback, but he's not he's not an Oklahoma quarterback. And, and you could say Dylan Gabriel isn't an Oklahoma quarterback. I don't know. But, I mean, again, I've defended Dylan Gabriel all year, and I know I've said that sometimes it's hard for me to do it because he does make bonehead decisions at times, but he's not a terrible quarterback. That's what we need to stop acting like. I mean, I already did my whole spiel on that. Uh, three episodes ago, three or four episodes ago. So I'm really not going to go down that rabbit hole again. But yeah, um, we're a day away from kickoff against Florida State. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I really don't know what to expect. I just have a feeling anything can happen. Um, but again, I feel like motivation is high for the team. Um, I feel like things are going pretty well within the locker room, that there is a big feeling that they can get this done. So we'll see. But uh, just real quick on the subject, I said I was going to talk a little bit about practice. I wanted to talk a little bit about the young guys. So if you heard the last episode, you heard me say that um, there were four new signees that would be participating in practice for the bowl game. Obviously, they won't play. They can't, but they are practicing. They're helping. um, You know, they're they're helping on scout team and all that stuff. And um, the players are Caleb Hicks, Derek LeBlanc, Ashton Sanders, and Chapman McCown. And uh, OU Football official Instagram account actually posted it the other day. They posted them uh, getting their travel suits and all that stuff. So just a real quick like thing on what I've heard, uh, what those guys have done in practice. So, and I said this on my story too. 
it would not shock me if Chapman McCown is a name that you hear about throughout the spring this year. Because remember, it was the same situation with Gavin Freeman where you heard a lot about these guys. You know, you wanted to hear, well, how's Marvin Mims been? How's the Weiss been in the new system and all this stuff? But you you heard Gavin Freeman's name come out, come up throughout the spring. And I think I even said it before the season. Like somebody asked me, who do you think is um, like the most underrated player on the team this year or something like that? And I said Gavin Freeman. And then he goes out there on his first catch in an OU uniform, his first college catch. Well, it wasn't even a catch, really his first college play because it was a jet sweep. He takes a handoff, breaks a few tackles, jumps over the jumps through the pylon, scores a touchdown. It wouldn't shock me if somebody now I'm not saying that Chapman McCown next year is going to be like a, you know, he's going to be like a, a running back number two and, and, you know, have a thousand yards or anything like that. But it wouldn't shock me if he's a name throughout the spring and summer that you hear. They say, man, he, he's got some game like. You know, he's got a little bit of Deuce Vaughn to him. He may be like a uh, Quentin Griffin or something like that, if you will. A Darren Sproles, obviously, the, you know, the prototypical short running backs that you go to. Um, somebody asked me, does he remind me of Christian McCaffrey? I mean, he he did return kicks at Norman North. So I think that that's where he would start off at. Like, I don't know if it's next year, but in the future, you would see more of him probably on the special team side and then slowly working into the offense. He's going to get bigger, obviously. But McCown has potential. Crazy fast. I mean, talking to people in practice, they've said that his speed is like the number one thing that they noticed when they saw that kid play. Um, and then it's like he's so small, the defense can't even see him. So he's just making dudes miss, you know, running these little counters and all this other stuff. Like, it's pretty easy for him. Uh, not in the opposite practice ain't easy, but like those, those kind of things are. So, hey, OU fans, we got our own Deuce Vaughn. We don't have to worry about uh, you know, guys like that coming into Norman and giving us hell for the past five years like they've done. We got our own guy now. So, yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to say that real quick. I do actually want to continue to check just like on the other guys and what they're doing. So I will get to that. But um, those are our final thoughts heading into the final game of the season. And uh, after the game, I think I might do a post-game pod. I don't know. Depends really on how the game goes, to be honest. Um, Throughout the offseason, I think we'll kind of lay out the plans for the offseason in another, in another episode. Um, I will continue to dig because some of the questions you guys asked on the story the other day were like stuff I really couldn't answer because I didn't know. And like stuff like, you know, who were they looking at for the next signing period? I haven't heard any names at all. Um, I, I doubt that they're done. I mean, they're obviously not done. I mean, Brent Venables did say that they are going to add about six to ten more players. Um, I know there's a guy that I've been waiting on in the next few weeks, and I posted about that on the story the other way. And I know some of y'all are mad at me for posting the Brent Venables video, but I just want to say it's only been wrong one time, so or two times, actually. Uh, but this one, I'm fairly confident is correct. It's just a matter of when this kid decides to announce. It is a transfer. So um, a lot of portal additions will be coming soon uh, rather than, I think, recruits because there's just not a lot out there as far as late additions. So we'll see what happens with that, but we'll continue to dig. But I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you guys leave a rating, uh, you know, download the pod, share it with your family and all that good stuff. And um, as we head into the final game of the year, we'll keep hope alive. And uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week.